Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And you're listening to week 53 of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast, where we've gone out of our way to watch some new films, and as many of them as we possibly could this week, um, even some of the bad <laughs> ones, so you, the lovely listener, doesn't have to. <laughs> yes, that's right. Dear Craig, what might we be reviewing today? Well, it's a two-film review show episode with Nomadland to start, uh, and it's written by and directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Francis McDormand. Then we're heading over to Prime Video for Greenland, directed by Rick Roman Warg, starring Gerard Butler, Marina Baccarin, and Scott Glenn. Yes, so that's all of our reviews. <laughs> that's it that is it it's, it's a two review show it's a small Craig. episode it's going to be a shorter episode i'm going to go for the hat trick how art thou are you finally gone for the hat trick i finally for three episodes in a row maybe four have asked you first how you are amazing because that's the kind of friend that i am i put you first well you've got a friend in me bit of toy story there lovely thanks yeah, no, I'm I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good to hear. I'm I'm also well. I had an eventful day at work today. We will we will discuss that shortly. Um, it's also been Valentine's Day. Um, I am single. Uh, I spent most of the day alone in bed with a pizza. Oh, um, I wondered where you were going with that. You spent the day alone <laughs> in bed. Oh, no, David. I uh, conjuring all up the images that none of our listeners want to imagine. Garlic sauce. Garlic delightful. sauce in bed with David. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. I um, I watched. <laughs> I bet um, you did, you dirty boy. Oh, Craig, <laughs> you filthy man. Um, no, I. I um, a lot of people would have spent time in bed with their loved ones, and so did I. I spent time in bed with a pizza. So, what how... flavor? What what flavor of choice was it? I've said it. I've said already. It was all the meats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if that was a specific pizza or not, but okay. <laughs> Oh, where is this episode going, Craig? Let's 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 let's. It's a family show. Let's let's pull it back in. How are you? How was your Valentine's? It was really lovely. We um we had a cream tea um made by the winner of Bake Off the Professionals um from oh, wow. two thousand and nineteen. Um, it was really delicious. A selection of delicious different foods and cakes and cream and jams and all homemade stuff, and it was really really good. Um. And then we also did some decorating. Yeah, because that's what we're doing at the minute. The we're we're steaming steaming the walls, removing wallpaper and lining paper, and it's no mean feat. Um I've never really done this before and yeah, not off to a great start, I'll be honest. It amazes me though how have you ever seen those shows, you know, the tw- t- one hour makeover when they redo a whole house in one hour or 24 hour mm. makeover? Yeah. No. How quickly they can decorate and I genuinely don't think that's a possible feat. They have many, many men working on 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 it. Um, and women, yeah, no, it's nice to hear. That, pardon, and women. 
and women, of course. Um, it's nice <laughs> to hear you're doing well. I had an eventful day at work. Um, I don't want to bring the company into disrepute, so I'll be very careful what I say. Mm. But it involved me, a mop, and some plumbing issues. And it was very unfortunate, um, very unpleasant. Uh, Craig did ring me during said incident, and he laughed and laughed and laughed. And all he could say to me was, well, at least you're not wearing flip-flops. Which is, which is true. Um, and, um, <laughs> you know, it, it is unfortunate when you're cleaning up um, poo, I suppose. You can't say that. Why? You can't say poo. You well, bring the company into distribute or get me in trouble. Okay. Um, human excrement. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Feces. This has got to be the most dodgy introduction in the history of this podcast. Well, as long as people aren't conjuring up images of you in bed with garlic sauce or you in flip-flops um, wading through poo. <laughs> <laughs> so a, a strongly worded email was sent to Human Resources and a proper qualified plumber came out and cleared up the mess that I had made much, much worse. Oh, I was going to say the mess that you had made. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't my mess. <laughs> It wasn't my mess. Um, oh, oh, it's debatable dear. at work, but we won't go into the details. Anyway, that is honestly, I'm, I have to say, that's probably the worst introduction to the to a podcast in the history of podcasts. To our podcast only. I think other podcasts have fairly better introductions. But I mean, that's enough talk of garlic sauce and excrement. Shall we crack on <laughs> with the main show? I think we probably should. Yeah, let's let's do that. Please. Now, what a disaster. Following on from that awful, awful introduction, uh, we'll be reviewing Nomadland. And this is uh, a film that is following the economic collapse of a company town in rural Nevada. Fern, who's played by Frances McDormand, packs her van and sets off on the road exploring a life outside of conventional society as a modern day nomad. This is the third feature film from director Chloe Zhao. I should say that correctly, really, shouldn't I? Chloe Zhao and features real nomads Linda May, Swanky and Bob Wells as Fern's mentors and comrades in her exploration through the vast landscape of the American West. Now, before we review this movie, let's delve in to a clip. Okay, uh, what we've got is parts and labor, $2,300 okay. and tax. I just looked up the value on your van. With that high a mileage, you're looking about $5,000 at the most. I'd probably recommend um, taking that money and putting it towards a different vehicle. Yeah, so no, well, I can't do that. I can't do that, see, because, all right. Um, I uh, uh, spent a lot of time and money building the inside out and um, a lot of people don't understand the value of that, but um, it's not something like we can... I live in there. It's my home. So I think Craig has sourced a, a really great clip there. We get to know our protagonist really well, played by Francis McDormand, and we see the relationship she has to this van because, as she says, fundamentally, that's her home. Um, 
this is a truly amazing story. And where do I begin with this review? Well, let's start at the very top. Um, it's directed by Chloe Zhao, um, also known for Songs My Brothers Taught Me 2015 and The Rider 2017. Um, both me and Craig um, really, really enjoyed The Rider. We did review it on the main show. Um, I know you were a big fan of The Rider, Craig, and I know you were a big fan of Zhao's style and, and her use of non-actors, so to say. Yeah, so um, the way that she's able to get these uh, non-actors become not they're not really acting in a sense but they are they're, they're playing a version of themselves and 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 in no less in, in the rider with um brady um jandrea i believe his name was jandreo i can't quite remember um but he he was fantastic like he was yeah. playing a fictionalized version of himself and his own story which is so you know so many levels of of amazingness there but she takes that another step further in um, in in this film in in Nomadland, with um an, a piece of nonfiction um as the basis of the story, um which is No Man Land surviving America in the twenty first century by by Jessica Bruder, and she brings this intense documentary style esque filmmaking. It's so fly on the wall in a kind of sense this this documentary style edit that comes from it and and you know it's her from the minute i started watching nomadland i knew this was chloe Zhao. i knew this was her because of the way i saw everything unfold in the rider the way the the camera moves the way that the edit comes together it is so 100 percent her and and you know, and and I I really really enjoy that style, and 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 I really enjoy this really close storytelling. Um, I really 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 appeals to me, really really does. What about yourself? Yeah, no, it's what you say there is really interesting. Zhao has this really from from her work so far this really unique way of of this super realism. Like this film felt really really real. Um, Francis McDormand, um becomes her character it doesn't feel like she's acting at any point i think of for example um glenn close in hillbilly elegy or amy adams in hillbilly elegy they're very obviously actors who are acting in a film whereas this almost feels like a documentary and it's testament to the brilliant direction it's testament to the brilliant acting it's testament to the brilliant screenplay um and the film starts off with her setting on her journey and it's bleak and it's cold and there's beautiful aerial shots of her van. Um, and we see her moving from job to job, don't we, Craig? Um, and we the, do, first, yeah. the first place she works at is actually Amazon, um, which brings back a few memories for me. Um, <laughs> good, good memories, I hope. <laughs> I, well, I'm no longer employed with, by Amazon, so I, I can say what I want. Um but it's it's amazing actually that Amazon opened their doors and allowed this filming to take place because Amazon it's not unknown for its controversy um, in its tax evasion and I will say that but also its treatment of staff the treatment of staff at Amazon isn't great from my time working there very very short lunch breaks very very labour intensive work and not great pay but we see our protagonist there working hard and then she moves on and she's she's on to the next adventure um and i was immediately drawn 
to Frances McDormand's character. Like I immediately felt connected to her. I immediately felt engaged with her. What what did you think of her character, Craig? Well, I just want to go back to what you were talking about with, with Amazon there. Now I have to say that um we aren't um we're not criticizing Amazon there. We we can't really um say things like David just said there about Amazon. You should be careful what you say about these massive um glomerate conglomerate corporations <laughs> you don't oh dear, want to be I? sued for slander um <laughs> oh god but I'll take it all back yeah well i mean the way that um uh, um our character here is in uh, you know works for amazon it just is testament to the way that amazon runs their company in a sense it is fast turnarounds high staff numbers of people that go there they work for a bit and then they might leave. And I think that's the point that our director's trying to make is that these companies employ a lot of people. Yeah. And that's why it's easy for her to get a job in 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 this environment and then move on to a, to, to to the next job. Um and it kind of brought on this reminiscent of um sorry we missed you in a sense. Yeah. Um and and it it, it's not the same film. It's not saying the same thing, but it is giving you this cultural, um, you know, disparity between the rich and the poor again, um, and the things that they have to do and to to to, to make ends meet. And and this is no no different in terms of what what a nomad is. You know, a nomad yeah. is simply a, a person who who is on the road you know they the they the older generation of people who saved all their lives to to in a in a job that should have given them a retirement fund what do you call that again i don't know i can't remember a pension a pension why did that word escape my mind <laughs> but um they should it should have given them a pension but yet because of that economic downfall or downturn yeah. um they no longer had any of that they had yeah. they had nothing none of that to look forward to and they decided to sell all of their things their all of their belongings and and become a traveler i suppose so to speak and it does have those similarities in that sense um in the sense of going from job to job and and, and trying your best to make ends meet um but that's where i think those similarities kind of disappear perhaps yeah this is really telling a, a very grounded story about yeah. the American spirit and the this this person who is very connected to the people that she meets. The 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 grounded nature of Frances McDormand's character is simply a, a beautiful one, and it is simply beautiful. This story, and yeah. you're connected to this character who is free spirited despite having not very much she's so pleased with everything that she does have you know her van is she's she has every a place for everything in that van and i and i really like that about her character and i think a lot of that is grounded in the sense that that is francis mcdormand's these are the things that she enjoys in life and that's why you get that real sense of that Maybe she's not acting, but she is acting. Do you see what I mean? That she yeah, brings no, totally elements of her saying. own life to the story. And I think that's where it brings us to Frances McDormand and, and her performance, like you basically asked me ages ago. <laughs> but it brings, she is so, she's just, her performance is so subtle and understated that it almost doesn't feel like she's acting. It's just playing yeah. herself almost in a, in a weird way, but it's not. Um, that's, how, that's how I saw it, really. 
Yeah, no, you're totally spot on. I thought what you said there was absolutely great. I've just sat here for the last five minutes, absolutely terrified that I'm going to be sued by Amazon. <laughs> uh, really am genuinely upset and worried now. I mean, uh, let's so hope nobody who works for Amazon listens to to this and sends it to Jeff Bezos. I mean, uh, he's stepping down though, isn't he? As, uh, I, I'm not 100% CEO. sure. Um, but there's some other noticeable things about this film. Obviously, the performance, the, the central performance from Francis McDormand is tremendous. And, and Craig is absolutely spot on. Unlike Close in Hillbilly Elegy or, or even perhaps um, our, one, you know, our, our protagonist in um, Mulraney's Black Bottom, Viola Davis, where it's very obvious they're performing. This doesn't feel like a performance. This is very subtle and nuanced and... It takes tremendous ability for for an for an actress just to blend into her environment, almost like a chameleon, and so the performances are very very striking. But two other things that really struck me by by this film, firstly was the cinematography. Um, the cinematography comes from Joshua James Richards. Um, he also worked on songs my brothers taught me, The Rider, and God's Own Country, like. This film is stunning to look at. The way it captures golden hour um, is incredible. There's loads of shots of the sun rising and the sun setting, and they and they make brilliant use of that. But the overall, the colours, the way the film shot, the angles, I was really, really struck by the cinematography in this film, Craig. I don't know what your thoughts were. Very much like The Rider, where I also thought the cinematography, same cinematographer, was was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the cinematographer is, is is able to capture a wide landscape and a variety of different landscapes across the Americas and or across America, shall I say? And it's 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 kind of testament to to his ability to capture what Chloe wants to show at that time because she's a very off the cuff kind of director. Like from what I've been looking and reading up about the way that she, her process is is that she will not have the full picture of what she's going to be shooting or what's going to be in that scene or where they're going to be, you know, blocking it out. And, you know, that's very uncharacteristic for a director. Usually they go in with a complete plan. They know where they're going to be shooting, what time, who's yeah. going to be in that scene, how that scene's going to be completely unfold um, and, and also um, blot out their movements and what they're going to say and the different camera angles and, 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 but she doesn't very differently. She, she will do it mostly on the fly almost. And then she would edit as she goes as well. And I, I, I respect her for that because I do something very similar when I do the filmmaking that I do. It's not on par to what she does, but I can I envisage <laughs> the edit of what I'm going to be doing whilst I'm shooting. And, and I know what shots are going to work and I'm editing as I go. And, you know, I might get home and look at the rushes of what I've shot that day and I might think that I might have need to pick something up another day. And Chloe does exactly the same thing. You know, she might think that I've edited that in my head. I, I need another angle. But most directors would have that already worked out and they know what angles they need to get and they'll have those rushes from the day and they'll go back and they'll edit that together or, or the, the editor will start picking and putting things together from, those, from that yeah. scene. You don't tend to go back unless, you know until the end of the shoot when you've put a whole edit together and you think, oh, we need to get some pickups. This this isn't the way that, that Chloe works at all and and I have to respect her for that. Now, I'm really, really intrigued to see how she works with Marvel. Yeah. Um, so she's uh, been working on The Eternals. This film is definitely finished. It should have been coming out last year, I believe. Um, 
it's now pegged for the end of this year uh, and I'm, I'm truly excited for this this is the next phase of of um the marvel cinematic universe and to bring on a director like chloe really says what they're going to be trying to do with this kind of film yeah it's a huge you know piece for her to be doing in terms of hollywood cinema um the special effects and all of that stuff from so from going from shooting these wide landscapes and having these beautiful golden hour pieces to shooting essentially things in fake space you know yeah. it's not it might not be green screen but she might bring an element of improvisation to the roles that we're going to see that we haven't seen before in a marvel film and it might bring more depth to the characters it might bring more creativity from the actors that are playing those roles it it might be that actually this is completely the wrong direction for a Marvel film to go in, but I'm really intrigued to see, you know, what she's done. And I can see why they've picked her because, you know, this this is a film, The I, I don't know if you know anything about The Eternals, but it is the start of something big. Mm. And the, I think Chloe's a great choice to be, for an introduction to this kind of film, wow, just amazing. And I can't wait to see what, what, what that film is going to look like yeah no i think you're spot on i think that's a really exciting project um for all the reasons you've outlined i think that's going to be very very exciting um another thing craig that really struck me about this um this film was the soundtrack oh Um, yes oh yes indeed now i know on a previous episode we talked about my favorite uh composer but this this soundtrack comes to you by ludovici Inaudi. i think i've said that correctly um and it's a very piano, <coughs> excuse me, it's a very piano heavy score. But as soon as, the, in my notes, when I watch the film, I like to make as many, as, as few notes as possible, keep them succinct. I just put, <laughs> the first time the soundtrack kicks in, it's beautiful. That's what I put in my notes. And the score is so encompassing of what is happening on the screen. And it, it, it's almost like a sponge. It sucks you in. And it you just, I don't know, there's something about this score that's truly magnificent. He is an absolute incredible musician and mm. and and um film score creator in in a sense. He is a brilliant pianist and he's created some of the finest music I I adore him. Um most notably from films like the um The Intouchable, um, which was remade and we reviewed on the show recently. Um, I can't remember the name of the film as as what it was remade about, but it was about the gentleman who was in the wheelchair and... um, Oh, yeah, with... um... I know, I can't remember the names, but The Intouchables was the much better version and I remember saying that. Um, Was it Chris Rock in it? It could have been. I don't remember. I really don't remember. Um, <laughs> I know what but, you're saying. Though. But the the other pieces of music that he's done, um, this is England. You must you... remember the pianist, the, the the piano music in that TV show and films, and um, that that he's done for those. And it's just truly so... magnificent. Oh, it's so brilliant. And 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 his music isn't completely in this film there's lots of other pieces of music but you as soon as you hear the piano you know it's him yeah i think i texted you whilst i was watching it and i was like this has got to be iron audi it has to be him and it was and i'm glad it was um but he yeah honestly he's my favorite 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 composer um 
I think him and Max Richer are my two favourites. And uh, if you haven't listened to to anything that he's done, just go on Spotify and yeah. and start listening to some of the things that he's done. Um, I, you know, um, th- there's a <laughs> there's an album called Inner Time Lapse, and I can't recommend that highly enough. Um, mm. It's just so incredible. And if I could have that playing on repeat every day to to soothe me and keep me calm that's the song that's the album that just I on repeat on. Again, honestly again. it really would be it's just stunning mm. and yeah thank you for picking that out because it is honestly incredible yeah yeah and another thing i was going to say about this film quake is it's it was filmed um across seven states over the course of six months mm. but Zhao manages to keep that intimacy um so it's quite a a broad piece and it's set i think it's the the film is set and it's about a year in the life i think of of fern um but we never lose that intimacy no. um and the performances so like we said these are um with the exception of francis mcdormand most of the cast of the film are actual nomads um listing their real first names for their characters and some of the speeches in this film are so honest genuine warm heartfelt emotional like this is a film where i'm gonna go on record and say it is impossible to criticize i genuinely believe that i will be very very interested let's think of malcolm and marie that has been a polarizing film people giving it five stars people giving it one star i will be baffled and and shocked if this gets bad reviews I don't think everyone's going to say it's a masterpiece, it's a best picture winner, etc. But I would be very, very surprised if this got any bad reviews because across the board, it's brilliant. For example, the edit. I thought the edit was tremendous. There's not much of this film that I think I would get rid of that or I'd want more here. Um, I don't know what you thought of the edit, the overall flow of the piece. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, uh, it's just what I said earlier, really, wasn't it? Like, uh, you know, Chloe did the edit herself. She is, yeah. and she does, she edits on the fly in her head, and then she she brings it in. She's constantly editing. She's not having to rely on somebody else to put the piece together. It's all her piece, one hundred percent, from 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 writing to directing to to the finished product. In 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 terms of editing, you know, the only thing she's not able to do really is. You know the sound design, and you know there are, there are other people working with her. She's obviously given direction for that, but she's not actually physically doing that. And she's physically doing the editing here. She's physically directing. She's she's commanded this piece um, from the very start to the finish. And and the edit is is supreme. And and again, it goes back to what I said about her having this sense of style. She does. She knows when to hold the camera for longer. She knows when to help you know, to cut to the next camera or next scene in a sense. And she knows how to let the camera do its thing in, in, in one place and, and, and hold, just hold it there to capture that emotion. You know, there's no need to just cut between two people giving dialogue. You can still get the reaction of and, and hold on that reaction while the other person's talking. She's very good at knowing how long to hold that camera on for and 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 I think that's just it's just that is testament to just how brilliant this this person is and and this director is and I think she I'd be really surprised if she doesn't pick up some director awards for this film really well uh, <clears throat> I think um in terms of award season my research would suggest that she's definitely getting nominated at the Oscars for director um and as far as I'm aware and as far as everything that I've looked at and studied she she would be the front runner 
Um, I mean, Nomadland, if you go on its IMDb page, obviously it got four Golden Globe nominations, but it's been nominated anywhere and everywhere that you can be nominated, and it's winning awards. Um, it obviously won the Golden Lion at Venice. Um, it's it's a real juggernaut in awards season. It's, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it does at Critics' Choice, Globes, and Screen Actors Guild, because if it starts picking up awards there, it's already the front-runner for the Oscar for Best Picture. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Zhao in director is looking like a very solid nomination. You know, I, I felt like she, I I don't know. I felt like we could have seen a lot more from her. Yeah. A lot more from her from the rider. Um, I, I really wanted that film to do even better. I wanted to see it in some of the bigger award, you know, the bigger awards. And she won, I think it won best film at the 2018 Gotham awards. Um, yeah, and I, I think, I think the rider might be, in my eyes, a better film in some instances. I think this film carries a much bigger actor in it, so with with Francis McDormand, and yeah. it then therefore carries itself further in terms of award season, and yeah. because of that, it can take it to the, to the Oscars. Um, whereas the rider didn't have that momentum. huge actors in it wherefore that momentum as you say so i think this this is going to do very well but i still think the rider was just edging there in terms of the story it's just that bit more impressive i think um and bit a bit more there's a bit more energy behind it i think mm. not that there's not energy behind nomadland i was just more impressed with with the rider um okay yeah yeah, but I think it's it's interesting though. The rider really was like Zhao bursting on the scene, and it got people's attention. Obviously, I think you're absolutely spot on. Having a name like Frances McDormand attached to your film, particularly on the back of her Oscar win recently for um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, that is going to immediately make you a contender in award season. Um, you spoke a little bit about the rider there and, and the intensity of it. What did you think of the pace of Nomadland? Because it is very, I'm not going to say one-paced, but it 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 sort of is one-paced, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no. Again, it goes back to to the edit, isn't it? And mm. and Chloe's able to move the pace along at at the pace that it needs to be, and it is it is actually very one-paced. There isn't any fast action scenes that takes place with fast edits. The edit is consistent the whole way through, mm. you know, and it. It's it's more person centric. It's not let's look at this, um, you know, action sequence going on because there isn't any action sequences. Yeah. You know, with the rider, there is those more intense arguments, so to speak. There's raised voices. There's a bit more blood in, going on in there. There's a bit more. I don't know. It's it's difficult to say. There's there's a bit. It's, it's more, a more intense experience. It is. It is a more and, and it's a bit more of an emotional roller coaster. Whereas this is a true road movie in some instance. Well, it is a road movie, really, isn't it? And yeah. it is... I think it, it, it just em- employs a lot more of these unknown actors. Well, not even unknown actors. Unknown people into the world of a fictional environment. Mm. And that's where I think we get a slight differences, difference there. I think it's because of that. Possibly... And the only true 
actress in there carrying the film is Frances McDormand. Yeah. So perhaps that is what the pace is being reliant on, is the acting of her. And she's carrying these people along and moving them. And and, it, and she is, in in some instances, providing a performance that is very one pace. So it's it's all within that acting, I think. Yeah. It's, it, the, the pace is interesting. I think it, it might be Empire magazine that when they review films, they have a line that shows you like the pace of the film. And it might goes... Be. It goes up and down, and you think of something like 1917, where the pace is at really intense moments, mm. and then it draws you back. This is like not a flat line, but it, it's it's a steady but relatively intense pace. Like there's something because she's always on the move. The film's always on the move, and we see lots of different locations, real locations, um, and we're never we're never in the same place, and that is difficult to direct. And that's why I think it's a brilliant directorial job. And I think it's a brilliant edit. Yeah. I think we could maybe circle back to, to, (laughs) to what we thought about this film in, in, you know, to round it up almost as well, because I don't think we can, I don't, because I don't want to spoil it too much. The film's not actually out in the UK until the 17th Mm. of March. It is out in the US on the 19th of February via Hulu, I believe. Yeah. Um, And maybe possibly some other streaming services. I I think it is just Hulu. And certain cinemas in the States as well. And certain cinemas. So this is why we're getting this review out today, because it is out today in the US of A um, for you guys to watch. Um, For the UK, you will have to wait another month at least. Um, and uh, I think let's not delve too much into any plot spoilers. Um, so that, that, let's just round it up with with what we thought about the film, really. If you do, if you, we, do we have an email? Oh, you're right. We do <laughs> have an email. How as as you can tell, we're really prepared as always. I know. Um, this comes from Loreline, uh, and it says, "I saw this film at a special preview hosted at a drive-in in an industrial estate um, or an industrial site in the outskirts of Munich." Uh, not the greatest of environments, about six cars back, listening to the soundtrack via the car's radio, and thus the worry whether my car battery was good enough to start after two hours with the radio on. Plus, it was cold. It was a very cold November night, and that meant the car windscreen would steadily fog up unless we left all the car windows open. Did I mention it was cold? Um, So... My view on this film may be marred by the less than ideal viewing conditions. The film could be prefixed with the line, all who wander are not lost from Lord of the Rings. Um, Frances McDormand plays Fern, who regards herself not as homeless, but without a home, forced into this situation by the death of her husband and the closure of the town's gypsum plant, and that has practically turned the town that relied on the plant into a a near ghost town overnight. Um, Even the US post office has retired the town's zip code. And then we follow Fern from short-term job to short-term job as she and her van travel across the US and occasionally bump into other nomads. Some who travel because of circumstances, others because they want to. The film has a slightly rosy view of life. When Fern needs the money to repair her van, it's forthcoming from a disapproving sister and neither do you really sense the ever-present threat or random acts of violence that must be a feature of a single woman living in a van in the middle of nowhere. The nowhere aspect is well portrayed. I think a few people realise just how empty much of the USA really is. 
We get a glimpse as we drive from somewhere like Las Vegas to Los Angeles, but that's nothing like when you're in somewhere like Montana and a 300 kilometer to the nearest interstate. Obviously, this is Oscar bait. Certainly, I couldn't see it vying for best film, but I really did believe Frances McDormand was Fern, but I don't think there was enough acting for her to really be a contender. I expect it to get some talk about awards, but to quickly become one of the also rands. Uh, and Lola has also supplied us with a wonderful photo of um, the driving experience um, from the from in, with inside her car. I can see that she is about six cars back and there is a car kind of impeding her view from the angle that I'm looking at. This. <laughs> and um, it does look chilly if you can actually convey chilly from a photo. I'm sure mm. you could, but it does look cold. Um, yes, so thank you very much for that email. Um, and um, yeah, you know what? I have to disagree with you, though, in regards to there not being enough acting for it to be a contender. I, David and I have talked about this, and I think we talked about it in this review already about Malcolm and Marie and how we didn't talk about that, did we? I mean, we might have done. I can't quite remember. Um, with uh, Zendaya, um, there's a scene in 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 that film where she really turns the heat up on on the level of acting yeah and it's a very pivotal scene in some senses but we also get this feeling that this is definitely what could win her an award at the oscars and there are lots of other films where you can pinpoint that moment as you as you've said david and with this film and as we've said we've already said in the review that it is very one pace and it is that one pace does come from mcdormand and there is this no there isn't this one pivotal moment or this one moment that you can pinpoint saying yes she's won that oscar but yeah. i i don't believe that films should or acting should be judged upon this one moment within a film it has to be a consistent level of acting throughout the entire film and and that's what mcdormand does she carries herself throughout the entire film and there's no moments where she lets her guard down where there's these down moments where you you lose that belief you believe she is firm the entire journey of this film and and that's testament to the acting that she's conveying here yeah. and and to what she's doing and i think that is testament enough to give her an award for 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 um for the acting i really do yeah i th- <clears throat> i just want to say thank you Laureline, so much for that email it was brilliant um, a couple of points to pick up on it for me. I thought it was fascinating that Lorraine said she didn't think it would be a major player in award season. Obviously, she sent that email in November, four months ago. A lot has changed in those last four months. And Nomadland is really, the at the moment, the one to beat. Um, really fascinating point, actually, about the vulnerability of a single woman tra- travelling across the United States. I do agree with that. We never... <sighs> There is one instance. There was one instance, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, without spoiling it. But I think that's a really interesting point. Is there slightly rose-tinted spectacles on this way of life? Yes. But also, we've we've talked about poo already on the show. We do see Francis McDormand pooping in a bucket. Like, we do see the (laughs) less glamorous side to being a nomad. We do see her... Um, struggling with being able to get a heater to work and being in the van when it's very, very cold. So it doesn't glorify this way of life, but I do understand where Lorelai's coming from. Really brilliant email. So glad, Lorelai, you got to see this film early. And I'm so glad we finally managed to get a review out for you. I think they did very well to to do a screening like that in the cold. It really actually 
I think what they were trying to do there is is put you in the position of Fern and, and <laughs> no, genuinely like watching it from your car. You know, this is I think that was part of the promotion of the film and putting you in the cold situation in the in in a vehicle. Yeah. You know, watching the film through your windscreen, just like Fern watches her life, mm. you know, as she drives from from state to state in, in, her, in her vehicle. And I think that's really clever. Um, yeah. But it, it may not have been the easiest thing to watch whilst freezing cold. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do understand where your viewing might be slightly marred with that because I was sitting in a lovely, toasty living room watching mm. the film. Um Yes, I, I think we can probably ask questions now. What do you yeah, think? there's just one question that I wanted to ask you. Um, okay, before the question. Of, of all the films we've seen, do you think this is the best film you've seen? And do you think this is a genuine, not best picture contender, because we know it's going to be nominated. Do you think it will win best picture from what you've seen so far? That's a really difficult question to answer. And I knew you were going to ask me this, actually. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I don't really, want to put you on. I really, I really adored the film. I really mm. did, and I think the rider is better. I think that this film can win lots of awards, and on the back of finally getting round to seeing it, I think it could win Best Picture. Um, I think it just needs to pick up some more awards, some of the mm. bigger ones, yeah, um, totally along the way, for me to solidify that, but. I, I wouldn't put my money on it. I wouldn't put my money on Judas either. Not until I see it, um, which is unfortunately <laughs> yeah. something you have done. <laughs> I knew you would bring that in. I knew I, you would I bring that to. up. I had to. I can't wait till we review that. What if it's terrible? <laughs> I mean, it probably isn't, but I mean, it hasn't no, had not. very nominations though, has it? No, um, it's it's not done very well. Those of you who listen to Road to the Oscars, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I have back to win Best Picture, hasn't been picking up the awards that it needs to. What's my thoughts on Nomadland for Best Picture? It wasn't in the early betting. It wasn't in the early discussion. It was very much like Parasite last year. It was a big price. It started picking up awards, and now it's considered the front runner. For me, it just... As brilliant as this film is, and I do think this is a very, very good film, it just doesn't feel like a Best Picture winner to me. So I'm going to go on record and saying I don't think it will win Best Picture. Um, what will beat it at the moment, I am unsure. But I just have this feeling about Promising Young Woman. I, yeah, I, well, there's I Promising really Young Woman. You've got The Trial of Chicago 7. You've got Mank. Um, all will depend on, regular listeners will know, I had a, an extortionate sum of money on A Star Is Born. Now, A Star Is Born was in the exact same position as Nomadland is in now. It was nominated at the Globes. It was nominated at Critics' Choice. It was nominated at Screen Actors Guild. And what happened? It was the even money favourite to win the Oscar. It didn't pick up any of these major awards and it completely lost its momentum. So Nomadland is by no way, no means a done deal here. But it, it is a very good it film. It certainly isn't. And um, what else did you do? You put a lot of money on First Man, didn't you? Not a lot of money. Um, my initial uh... film... My, my initial pick was First Man, uh, and I remember watching that. And as brilliant as First Man was, and I did really enjoy that film, um, I, I Craig will, will testify, I left the, the theatre white as a ghost. Do you remember? Yeah, because you put a lot of money on it, and you realised that that's not going to win Best Picture. Yeah, as good as the film was, I just knew that won't win Best Picture. Yeah, and I so... so... 
please stop putting money on films that you haven't seen yet. Please. <laughs> He's begging I'm, me. I am begging you. Stop we, we doing will, it. I, I enjoy it. It's a bit of fun. It's um, not a bit of fun when you put your life savings on it. It's not It's not the life savings on. It's not sure? A Star is Born yet. Um, <laughs> I think we can round this review off. Yes. Um, Come on then. I'm going to ask you the question. It's been quite a long review. Yeah, it really um, has. But it's good. It's good to discuss these things. And this film deserves a long review because it's a, a key uh, film in award season. But Craig, for you, Nomadland, is it worth it? Yes, this is definitely going to be worth watching when this is available in the UK. Uh, for those in the US of A, you'll be able to watch this on the 19th of February on Hulu if you have a Hulu subscription. Um yeah, definitely seek it out and find it when you can. Um, it's a, it is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant movie um, for all the reasons that we've already outlined in the last 45 minutes-ish, I think. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yes, it has been relatively long. Um, I don't think it's been that long, but it's been relatively long. But yeah, David, Nomadland, is it worth it? Yes, look, I think Chloe Zhao is a fantastic director and I think... This has been proven by the fact that she's won many, many awards for this film. And I expect her to win Best Director at the Oscars. The music by Ludovici and Audi is gorgeous. The cinematography is great. Um, a very, very good film. But for me, I just don't think it's a Best Picture winner. But nonetheless, 100% worth a watch. this broadcast or visit worth it the film review podcast for an important announcement if you're enjoying the podcast we would like to remind you that you can now become a patreon supporter for as little as three dollars a month this helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and is it worth it merchandise your support helps the podcast stay alive so why not become a patreon supporter today head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash is it worth it podcast Yes, and a big, big thank you to all our Patreons. It's now time for our second and final review on week 53 of Is It Worth <laughs> It? The Film Review podcast. And we will be looking at Greenland. John Garrity, his estranged wife and their young son embark on a perilous journey to find sanctuary as a planet-killing comet hurls towards Earth. Amid terrifying accounts of cities getting levelled, the Garrity's experience the best and worst in humanity. As the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero, their incredible trek culminates in a desperate and last-minute flight to a possible safe haven. And before we both review this movie, we've got a little clip lined up. Nathan, come on, let's go. But the sky's on fire. Let's go, get on. Okay, we're good? Yeah. See it from here? John! 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 Oh, God. None of them got called. Two days. 
They got it all wrong. There's a shit ton of fragments on that thing. They're saying that one of them is a planet killer. And now they've grounded all non-military flights. I mean, what do we do? I don't even know if this shelter relocation thing is, is real. That's bullshit! And you know it! I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. It's just... Just please give us a call if you find out anything when you get there. Like where we can go to be safe. You know I will, Abby. So that was a clip from Greenland. Uh, just as we begin the review, let me just tell you, this is available on Amazon Prime Video right now in the UK, um, and it should be available worldwide as well uh, for all of you Amazon Prime subscribers. Subscribers, ah, There we go. So I've got that off my chest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so where do I actually begin with our review here? Well, I just wanted to say that I went into this film knowing virtually nothing about it and mm. um absolutely loved it oh no honestly i i really 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 enjoyed this movie and i don't know exactly why, why <laughs> but it is essentially a film about it's a disaster film yeah. We'll start off there. It is a disaster film. It stars Gerald Gerald Butler, um, and he is essentially on a mission. I mean, they they kind of get you get this feeling of it being quite similar to the Angel films, yeah, um, or the Fallen films, isn't it? Yeah. Um, maybe this should have been Comet is Fallen or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it. It just had this feeling of me wanting to get cozy and watching all hell rain down upon these actors as they try and get to a place where they need to get to um, or to survive. And I did. I got cozy. I got inside my my bed. I laid down with my laptop and I watched it and I watched this all hell unfold. And it's, it is simply a, a popcorn film where you can chill out and, and watch all hell break loose and I, I mean that's all i really need to specifically say mm. about the movie in that sense um i mean how did you feel when you watched it so it's really interesting you you, you make that comparison to angel has fallen it's the same director yes um and so i went into this film totally blind um which i think with a disaster movie and with an action movie, you don't often the best bits are in the trailer. So you don't want to go in having seen the trailer because it can somewhat spoil it. And I went in with, I'll be honest, very low expectations. I hadn't looked up any Rotten Tomato scores. I didn't know anything about the film. Um, and I'll be honest, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I do have issues with this film. Um, one of the things this film does well is we get to know and we get to like the characters. Mm. If you have a disaster movie where you don't care for the characters, immediately the film has failed because ultimately you don't care whether they live or they die. With these characters, I don't know how, but the director and the actors and everyone involved in the film made me care about Gerald Butler's character, made me care about Gerald Butler's wife and specifically his son. Because, you know why? It's because it is grounded in a lot of reality and in the sense of, like, you're following this family who are fighting for survival and it it's not the comets that are causing 
Well, they are causing destruction and death, but it's not causing too much mayhem to our characters. What it's doing is is the journey from one point to another that we find these characters going on and, and the trepidation that they find themselves in from getting to that point. There's a, there's a scene in a pharmacy that you're really... Yeah you know shook up about and it's just something that's happening within a pharmacy you know, there's a lot of looting going on at that mm. t- at that point within the story and you know you're you're desperate for them to get what they need and and move on without something bad happening and yeah. you feel the fear that they are feeling within that within that scene and that's why you're rooting for them because it's not you know the day after tomorrow it's not you know, a film like that. It's not the one, you know, 2012, where the, the action is constant and yeah. the, 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 the action is grand in size. It's it's just that little bit more grounded in in in, in the troubles that they're facing. And you, that's why you're rooting for them. Yeah. Our, our, our main protagonists here, all three of them, are fighting for survival. But on but the scale is small. And 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 I think it, I think the film was relatively done on a small budget. If I remember, it's something in the 30 million region. Yes, you're for spot a, on. For a film that's, that is, I don't know, such a big CGI sort of looking film in the sense that the comets look stunning in the sky and they are, they do work very well. For that sense, it is quite small, small budget and... In another sense, it puts it in the category of being in the not an A-list kind of Hollywood film. It's kind of smaller than that, really, yeah, isn't it? B-list. You know, uh, yeah, B-list. It is. It's. I wouldn't say C-list. I wouldn't say it's A-list. You know, the day after tomorrow was this very grand um, CGI effort to make a disaster yeah. movie, um, and this this doesn't push push the boat out because it doesn't need to push the boat out because we're always on the level of yeah. these characters. And and that's why I think that's why I loved it so much because the whole way through it, I'm rooting for them. I want them to do well and I want them to survive, even though there's a an extinction level event about to happen. And yeah. and uh, you know I'm fascinated by space and all this sort of stuff. And I I believed what was happening. We are due some kind of you know comet or asteroid hitting this planet and doing some devastation we really are genuinely drew, due some big disasters like that you know it was going to be the hellscape of 2020 well i mean this is what i'm i'm going to just about to broach i mean there's pandemics epidemics that are going on these were all things that are on the precipice of of happening you've got um you know things happening from outer space there's a solar a solar flare can can elect the the electromagnetic pulse from the sun essentially can knock out all of the electronics within this within our um within this planet causing oh, wow. absolute huge devastation to the way that we function because everything runs on computers and and and, and that's a huge event that could happen that could yeah do devastation to us there's the the an asteroid hit in this planet there's so many different things that we are due a volcano erupting super oh, yeah. vo- a super super volcano is due to erupt to to wipe out this planet so the, in terms of grand disaster movies yeah the subject of this is grounded in the reality of the fact that it could happen yeah but we aren't left you know sending a probe to the asteroid to try and blow it up in a science fiction element uh, kind of way. We're left grounded on the ground, apart from a few instances, but we are constantly at their level. 
and that's yeah. what I like about it. Um, I think it's fascinating that you mentioned the budget. I did actually have the budget in my notes. Budget of 35 million US dollars. But the interesting thing is, if you compare that to, say, 2012, that disaster movie, that had a budget of two million, 200 million yeah. US dollars. And that was um, a disaster so, of a movie. Yeah. Well, it was unbelievably bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, before we round the review off, I did want to say that the, the movie is saved and the movie fundamentally works because of the characters. Um but some elements of this film don't make sense, and some of the some of the plot was ludicrous. Some I think some of the plot devices used were a little bit OTT, um, and 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 a little bit just a few moments. I just thought that that shouldn't happen, or that that wouldn't happen, or why did that happen? But like I said, it's saved by these good characters and these yeah. characters that were invested in. But again, it is it is a disaster movie. It's not shying away from that fact either, yeah. and and it does have some. You know, it wants you to have fun whilst you're watching it as well, and that's why I really enjoyed it because I did have a lot of fun, and I and you know, um, there was a character within the film, um, the grandfather character, the, the, oh, the yeah, father figure. Like I yeah. really, really thought his performance was was amazing. You know, he he really brought something else to to the film and he's not in it for very long Scott Glenn who yeah. plays um Dale who is um who is Allison's father um you know it just superb acting and 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 I think it I don't know it just it made I I felt for him I don't know it it does have a little heart in the film really yeah. it really does that that was specific moment you're talking about with scott glenn who plays dale with his daughter and his grandson nathan i got choked up craig like it was genuinely emotional like i don't yeah, want to give him any yeah, spoilers about what's said or what happens but like you said it it takes that that grand disaster that comet in the sky but then it pulls you back to earth it grounds you with good characters and characters you're interested in so I forgive it some of its ropey plot devices and some of its uneven narrative that I think's in there. Ah, good. Um, I, I I enjoyed this film. This is the kind of movie that you put on on a Friday night. You get a pizza, you get popcorn, you get yes. sweets. Yes. You sit down. Yes. And you enjoy it. And do you yes. know what? You just go with it. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Completely agree with you on that um, because that is exactly what it is, and I I I absolutely loved it. Um, we should ask questions, really, because I don't have anything else left to say about it, really. No, I think we've uh, we've delved into that film pretty well. Uh, so I'll ask you the question first, Craig. Greenland, currently available on Amazon Prime Video. Is it worth it? Yes, definitely worth a watch. If you're fancying some sort of disaster movie um, with a little bit of a twist within it in terms of who you're seeing... <laughs> I mean, the emotional connection that you get with the characters is what I'm trying to say here. If you want that level of disaster followed by emotional connection, this is the movie for you. Get your popcorn, get your pizza, sit down, relax. Even as a family, I think you could sit down and do this um, yeah. and, and watch this film. It's totally worth it, 100%. It must be a 12, though. Oh, I don't care. I, well, I mean, yeah, you could watch that with your family. Yeah, there is one moment of violence just to... to... I mean, it's a 15. It's a 15? Yeah. Okay. So watch it with your family. <laughs> Still watch it with your family. Yeah, of course you can, as long yeah. as you're over 15. Yeah. Who? Yeah. 
<laughs> Do you want to ask me the question? Greenland, is it worth it? So I think some of the special effects are a little bit ropey. I think some of the plot devices are ludicrous. The screenplay is uneven. And there is some over-dramatised and over-acted moments as well. However, for all the reasons I outlined before, I did rather enjoy this movie. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure. And I would say Greenland, Gerard Butler versus The Comet, it's worth it. <laughs> I was going to say, definitely a guilty pleasure. Yeah, get your popcorn out and uh, give it a watch. So, that has in fact brought us to the end of week 53. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, yeah, thank you. We hoped you enjoyed today's episode. As part of our continued efforts to bring you lots of content, we're working with as many as the ma- as many of the major studios as possible to bring you reviews of the latest movies. Craig's doing a great job in that. Well done, Craig. Thank you. Um, I do try. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> it's uh, emails all day, all night, uh, across the pond. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Anyway, whilst lockdown pers- persists in the UK and cinemas remain closed, we thank the support of our listeners, the studios, and our fabulous team. And just like Loreline, if you've got a review of a film, a message of noteworthiness, then drop us a line at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. And I'll say it again, mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. We absolutely love receiving your emails. We certainly do indeed. Um, follow us on the social medias at Film Is Worth It on Twitter and search for Is It Worth It the Film Review Podcast on Facebook. Um, oh, and Instagram and also YouTube. Yes. Oh, yes. YouTube. Yeah. If you want to see our most handsome and exquisite facial features, then YouTube is for <laughs> you. Um, we're uploading individual reviews to YouTube for those that want a very specific content uh, and quickly, that is. Um, and if you're listening online through the website, you can also subscribe to the podcast using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all good podcasting apps. It's great when you're on those very long car journeys, if we can get back to those long car journeys anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's absolutely spot on. And on a final note, if you've enjoyed listening, please do share the podcast with your friends and family. Word of mouth is the best form of marketing. Indeed, and I think that really just has one thing left for me to say, and that's go to the Patreon page, support us. It's patreon.com forward slash is it worth it podcast, and um, that's about it. Thanks. And we will see you very, very soon if I have not been imprisoned for slander. Yes. Hopefully not. Good boom. Goodbye. <laughs> I am I am worried, Craig. I am yeah. well really worried. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be back for week fifty four. Hopefully. Behind bars. Oh god. At least you can remote remote record. <laughs>